I'm going to pray for us as we uh, open God's word together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your amazing grace. We thank you that although, as uh, we've prayed this morning, our world and we with our world had our hearts turned away from you, uh, neither acknowledging you or giving you thanks, uh, you are faithful. And in your faithfulness, you sent your one and only Son uh, that we might know you, that we might be forgiven, that we may know peace and reconciliation with you, our Heavenly Father. And we pray, Father, for the wisdom now to not turn our minds and our hearts away from you, but to hear you and to heed you and to live wisely before you. Amen. So uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 9, but let me begin with these, uh, these words on the other side of Christmas. Listen to these Christmas words from 1 uh, John. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at with our hands, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. Now, that is actually the spectacular news of Christmas that we celebrated just a week or so ago. News of God with us. News of God, well, in the words of uh, John chapter 1, coming in, uh, in flesh and making his home with us. Uh, news of uh, life, true life showing up here on earth. Life as it's meant to be. That is life lived in relationship with the God who made us and loves us. And I want to ask as uh, we start on a new year, uh, do you have that life? Uh, do you enjoy life with God? Do you enjoy life with relation, in relationship uh, to God? I don't think there's a more important question for you in 2022. You probably have all sorts of plans and all sorts of things that you'd like this year to involve. I want to say that for each of us, the most fundamental thing this year needs to involve if we are to have life as we were meant to have it this year is as you will have relationship with God. It's not just a Christmas question, it's actually an all-of-life question. And so this summer, over the Sundays uh, of January, we're going to consider this life that God offers us, and we're going to see how it changes the details of our lives, the things that we think perhaps that are detached. There's life with God, my relationship with God, and then my, there's my normal life, and those two things have nothing to do with each other. We're going to see how actually the one who created life, who gave us life and gives us new life in Jesus, actually leads us in the details of our day-to-day -day life. It is as Jesus declares in John's Gospel, John chapter 10, he says this to us, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And so if you want full life, rich life, life as it was purposed to be lived this year, then it's to be lived with the Lord Jesus at the centre. And so this morning, what I want to do just for a few minutes is look at those verses from uh, Proverbs chapter 9 with you. And what they're going to show us is it's going to, they're going to show us how we can have this life with God. Uh, but on the flip side, they're also going to show us how easy it is to miss that life altogether. And uh, here's, uh, here's what we're going to look at, uh, Proverbs chapter 9. And as uh, Caroline said in her family spot, Proverbs 9 centers around the picture of two houses uh, where you can choose to live this year, 2022. I don't know where you live currently, but uh, you'll live in one of these two houses this year. They look very similar on that picture. And as we'll see actually in the passage, they in many ways sound similar. They are the house of wisdom and the house of folly on the surface looking the same. But as we begin to explore them together, let, let's be clear on what uh, the Bible 
understands by this idea of wisdom and by this idea of folly. So here, here's an attempt at a definition of wisdom. Wisdom, as far as the Bible is concerned, is not about know-how. So a wise person is not someone who just knows how to get things done. We all know people like that. That's not wisdom as far as the Bible is concerned. Nor is wisdom those people who have deep, profound thoughts. And you'll know people like that. Perhaps you're someone like that. That's not wisdom as far as the Bible is concerned. You can have deep thoughts and miss wisdom altogether. True wisdom, in fact, as far as the Bible is concerned, doesn't come from us at all. So if you're looking inside you or inside another person for wisdom, you're not going to find it. It comes from God speaking his word to us. Uh, Psalm 119, which is uh, one of the longest psalms, uh, says this of God's wisdom. By the unfolding of your word, we are given light. Without his word, without his wisdom coming into our lives, it's like uh, entering this year completely in the dark and blind to, to, to add to it. But at the unfolding of his word, we're given light, light to our path. And the wisdom God reveals is, is not so much a concept or a, a series of ideas. It's not about know-how at all. It's the wisdom he reveals is a person, the Lord Jesus as Jesus Christ is born, as he lives, as he dies and rises here amongst us on this earth, he is God's wisdom unveiled to the world. Uh, in fact, uh, the Bible says uh, in 1 Corinthians, it says that Jesus hanging on a cross as he does at Easter is actually God's wisdom to a foolish world. Completely upside down it looks. Uh, he says this is wisdom uh, because at the cross... We see Jesus for who he is. He's our king. And we see God's love for us there. We see that he is our creator, that life and breath and everything else that we have comes from him. And yet in his love, he humbles himself and he becomes one of us. And he humbles himself even to death so that he will rescue us from our foolish rejection of him. And so if you want a definition of wisdom to go into this year with, here it is. True wisdom is seeing that you need Jesus. You need him as your saviour. You need him as your king. If you're going to live the life you were created to live. That's wisdom. Here's the flip side of that. Here's folly. Folly is living in this world as if there's no God. Right in the middle of Proverbs 9, that's what it tells us. Living in this world as if there's no God. Living in this world as if life and breath and all else we have are gifts that we've given ourselves and we give to the next generation. Folly is ignoring the realities revealed to us by Jesus. Folly is ignoring the reality of why he came to die on that cross. And so wisdom and folly uh, here in Proverbs 9, they're actually depicted uh, uh, for us as, as two women calling us to come and set up home with them. Uh, the house of wisdom and the house of folly. Let's have a look at each of them in turn. So hopefully you've got the uh, passage there in front of you. Firstly, the house that wisdom builds and calls us to live in. This is verses 1 to 6. A uh, few things to notice about the house. First thing about what uh, Lady Wisdom offers us is a place to live. Uh, verse 1, wisdom has built her house. She has hewn it out of seven pillars. The description we have of the, the house of wisdom is it's no flimsy hut. It's not a sort of a one-day house like uh, the, the Lego house. It's a rock-solid house. You can live there with confidence. 
And I think that there is a contention in our world, perhaps you've uh, heard it uh, in our media or perhaps amongst friends or family, that Christianity and the things that it is based on are flimsy. It's a flimsy, flimsy philosophy for life. It's, it's, it's not reliable or certain. Uh, but here we see that the gospel of Jesus Christ is not about myths. It's not about guesswork. It's based on historical realities that we just declared uh, in the creed. It's a historic faith. It's based on real events, real events that change life forever. And I want to say to you, if you're not convinced of that, uh, this is the year to investigate it rather than assume that it is not based on those things. The absolute best way you could do that this year, if you look at your outline there on the front there, is a, a little red section that talks about a course that we're going to run in February called Christianity Explored. And that's, uh, well, it's a course that does uh, what it says on the tin. It's designed to explore the details of Christianity, to test out those realities, to examine them, to ask questions. Uh, if you'd like to be part of that, all you need to do is scan that QR code and uh, you can see for yourself the, the rock-solid foundations of the Christian faith. There's the first thing about the house of wisdom. Here's the second, uh, verse 3. Lady Wisdom, as she calls us to live in the house of wisdom, she offers a place for any who would come. Uh, verse 3. She has sent out her maids and she calls from the highest point of the city. She's calling anybody who would come. Uh, there's nothing exclusive about wisdom. And that's one of the things about our world when we think about human wisdom. It, it's a sort of a reserve for the, the hyper-intelligent or those who have looked at certain things or know certain things. The wisdom that God offers isn't like that. He calls from the highest point of the city and he, says, he calls to all who would come. The wisdom the Christian gospel offers is not the wisdom of a holy huddle. There's nothing exclusive about it. Wisdom and lady wisdom here in our passage, she's right where people are at, in the muck of life, as Jesus himself was. If you read through the Gospels, that's where he is. He's, he's not with the, the, the highfalutin of society. He's with the normal people. Here's the third thing about lady wisdom and the house she offers. Verse 4, she offers a place to those who know they need a place to live. Let all who are simple come in here, she says to those who lack judgment. Wisdom call to those who know that they're, well, they're out of depth in life. And I don't know how you're feeling about 2022. Maybe you've got it cornered and you, you think this is going to be a dot all this year. It's going to be really easy. If that's you, then this is not the house for you. But if you are like me, and I suspect like most of us here, that you know that you're not in control of life, that not everything is straight and easy and, and able to be managed by you, that you wish things were different than the way they are and, and changing them is, is not actually in your control, then wisdom calls and says, come and set up your house here. It's the wisdom of Jesus in, in Matthew chapter 11 when he says, come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. That's what wisdom offers. The true wisdom that God invites us to, God's wisdom. Do you, see, do you see the invitation there in verse 5? Come, says God, eat my food and drink the wine that I have mixed. Uh, it's a rich meal. It's the finest meat. It's the, the choicest wine, uh, we're told in verse 2. And, and again, I love that because it counters the, uh, perhaps our culture's perception of uh, the Christian life. Uh, the, the, the Christian life is boring and drab and dull and, uh, and all of those things. Well, actually, what Jesus offers is the opposite of that, life to the full. Life according to, if you like, the master chef. 
Life lived to the sound of the voice of the one who made your life with his voice. So there's a house of wisdom. Let's look secondly at the house of folly, the house that folly builds and calls us to. Verses 13 to 18 now. Wisdom isn't the only voice that you'll hear calling you this year. Folly calls too. And remember who folly is. Remember our definition from before. Folly is living in this world as if there's no God, as if life and everything else is gifts that we give ourselves. And so in verse 13, that sort of way of living calls us. And her calling, uh, a few things to notice about it from verse 13. Firstly, it's a loud call. You're not going to miss it. It's everywhere. It's the dominant voice in our world, uh, loud and proud and everywhere. You'll hear it on the television, uh, on the internet, from our government, from the community, from schools, from music, from movies, you name it. This is the voice that dominates the airwaves. It's loud. Second thing about it from verse 13, it is, well, it says they're undisciplined or unchecked. It's never been peer-reviewed by anyone who actually knows what life is about. It's, it's like a, a sort of an echo chamber of foolishness. It just convinces itself. Simple is the word used there. Surface knowledge, surface wisdom, gullible, naive. They're the words uh, that are translated here. And so Lady Folly, she talks loud, but the Bible says there's actually little to it. And yet, we're told here it's very seductive because she is talking our language. Uh, she's talking about the things that, well, they make sense to us. And so her call attracts us because what she offers is what we want. What she offers is a world where you, not God, is at the center. Her voice is loud. Her voice is unchecked. But most crucially, verse 13, her voice is without knowledge. <laughs> It's actually the counsel of a fool. The counsel of one who knows no more of life than you do. So it is foolishness to listen to it, to think it offers us more than, well, we could offer ourselves. And yet her call looks very similar to wisdom. Do you see it there, verse 14? Like wisdom, she offers us a place to live. And I, I, it's important to say as a, as a Christian minister, it would be a foolish claim for me as a, as a Christian to say, you can't live in the, the house of folly. You can't live in a place where you deny that God is there. Of course you can. And secondly, verse 14, not only does she offer a place to live, just like wisdom, she offers a place for anyone and everyone. Verse 14, she sits at, her, at the door of her house, we're told, on, the, uh, on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass by, who go straight on their way. She calls to anyone and everyone. It's not exclusive. Like Lady Wisdom, Folly has positioned herself right at the heart of our culture. And she calls there at the heart of things. And she, she offers for all comers a loud, dominant, centre stage voice of our culture. Words that deny the reality that there is a God above us. Words that claim wisdom. Assuming that life and everything else that we will have in 2022 are either arbitrary accidents or things that we've earned for ourselves. And her invite, because of that, is very, very appealing. Because like Lady Wisdom, she's offering a place to those who know they need something in life. She's appealing uh, to our desire to live well. We want to live well, and so she offers us that. Uh, verse 16, uh, let all who are simple come in here, she says. To anyone who lacks judgment, uh, 
If you want life to be better than it is, if you want life to work, come, come here. And then, then there's a twist in her offer, something even, even more tempting. She says there, verse 13, sweet stolen water is what I offer you. Delicious secret food. Uh, it's all spin. All she's offering you is water and bread. But it's sweet stolen water. It's secret bread. Folly's cupboard actually has very little to offer, but she spins it to spice it up a bit, and the attraction of her party is, well, that it's secret and unknown. Folly tries to convince us that what God wants for us is actually to be miserable, that God's way is banal and restricted and small. What Folly is offering is unchecked life, free life, full life. It is the same voice, actually, if you know your scriptures, that whispered in the Garden of Eden. A whole garden of fruit and food are there to be eaten but for the man and the woman. This spectacularly good garden to enjoy, and there is the voice of foolishness, Satan himself, urging them to taste this one forbidden secret fruit. But it's a lie. The voice folly offers is a voice that takes our deepest longings to live well and twists them up and offers pale substitutes. And so what we have here in Proverbs 9 as we start out on the year is a call to see the wisdom of our world as it truly is. A wisdom that the Bible actually calls out for what it is, folly. Living for ourselves is folly. Living by ourselves without God is folly. It feigns to offer us the best life. It puts us in charge, but it offers nothing that will satisfy. And folly's only recourse to us when we're not satisfied by it is to just suggest that we eat more. And so there it is. We have two invitations ahead of us as we start out on the year. Uh, wisdom's call, you can see it there in verses 5 and 6. It's, uh, at its simplest, it's this. Come and eat and drink and live at God's offer. And if we're seeing it clearly, right at the end of our passage, we have where the path of folly leads. Come and eat and drink. And then verse 18, but little do they know that the dead are there. Uh, the difference actually when you peel it back in this passage is quite confronting. The wisdom that God offers leads to life. The folly that this world offers leads to death. And here's why. Wisdom... That is, heeding God's word to us, especially his word about Jesus, calls upon us in the end to abandon our self-made, self-focused, self-interested lives. Do you see it there, verse 6? This is what wisdom asks you to do if you live there. Leave your simple ways. Leave the ways where you're at the centre. Leave them and you'll live. Folly will never make that call on you. Folly will affirm our self-importance. It will affirm your self-sufficiency. And it will promise through lying teeth that life is found there. But it's foolish. As another Proverbs puts it, uh, Proverbs 16.25, which I think sums up much of our world uh, all too well, it says this, there's a way that seems right to us, but in the end it leads to death. Wisdom knows this. That is, Jesus knows this. It's actually why he came. 
He came to rescue us from ourselves. God with us, as we celebrated at Christmas recently, right there in the heart of our self-focused lives, and having come to us, wisdom, we're told here, is prepared a meal. And as we read in the New Testament Gospels, it's a meal that costs God his own life. It's not a cheap meal. Jesus himself is our meat and drink. He is our satisfaction. He is our forgiveness. He is our only rescue from ourselves and our way back to life. And so as I finish, I want to say to you, if you've never heard wisdom's call, or at least never responded to it, that is, if you don't know Jesus, if he is not your king and saviour as you head into this year, you don't know who he is and what he has done for you and how that makes such a difference, then let me invite you this summer to pause long enough this summer before you charge headlong into 2022 to hear wisdom's call, to hear Jesus' call. Uh, Let me invite you to come back through this summer series and see how this wisdom that God offers actually does change the the details of our lives. Uh, Come and investigate it for yourself. Test it out. Come to the Christianity Explored course. Come and see the truth to Jesus' claim. I have come to give you life and life to the full. That's God's wisdom. And we're told here in Proverbs 9, it stands here in our city, in our church, right now this morning, and calls to any who would listen, calling us away from folly, come and eat and live. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you know us far better than we know ourselves. Uh, You're the master chef. You made life and breath and everything else. And you say, you know how it works. How foolish of us to think that going our own way would be wise. And so we pray, Father, that in your gracious goodness to us, that you would turn our hearts to you this year, that we would, by the unfolding of your word, live by the light of it. And we pray that each step we walk this year be walked wisely before you. In Jesus' name. Amen.